what's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a uh, Wednesday? How are we doing out there? Appreciate you joining us. How was your Halloween? Did you dress up? Did you give candy out? Did you go out? Hopefully it was a nice one. But uh, on today's show, something kind of interesting. So I've been teasing this since Monday. And I had a great discussion this weekend with an individual who shall shall remain nameless. Um very trusted individual in the sports betting universe, okay, in the industry, very, very good person to talk to. And a couple things were brought to my attention this weekend that absolutely blew my mind. So we'll talk about that today. And look, maybe this may affect you differently than it did me, but so many things started to make sense after I heard this. Now, this all revolves around VSIN. We've talked about them recently V-S-I-N. It's a uh, sports bet or it's a network. Let's let's not get anything wrong here. I want to say exactly what they have on their website. So V-S-I-N stands for Vegas Stats and Information Network. Uh, here on their own website, they say Vegas Stats and Information Network is the first sports media service dedicated to providing news, analysis, and proprietary data to the millions of Americans who wager on sports and make sports betting a multi-billion dollar industry. Okay, so I think I'm assuming a lot of you out there have heard of VSIN or seen their content one way or another. And for a long time, I was under the assumption, because that's what they say, that VSIN had sports betting experts. I mean, right here, if you type in VSIN to Google, it says VSIN is the sports betting network with expert analysis, including Brent Musburger, live Las Vegas odds, sports betting lines, and data for every sport. So you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. When I read VSIN is the sports betting network with expert analysis, I think, and maybe this is just my assumption, maybe I'm incorrectly assuming this, but I don't think so. My assumption is they have sports betting experts. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that much of a stretch. VSIN is the sports betting network with expert analysis. That to me says they have sports betting experts. And I'm not saying they don't. They have odds-making experts. They have people who have been in the industry for a long time. But there's not a whole lot of winnable, good uh, information, in my opinion, coming from VSIN. And I've been skeptical of them for a long time. This goes back years when I saw they did a great interview, I thought, with Billy Walters a couple years ago for the Super Bowl. And I was skeptical because that was the first time I was introduced to VSIN. And during the Billy Walters interview, they were showing the experts at VSIN what they had picked for the Super Bowl. And it was like Square Central. It was all overs and yeses and overs and yes, they will. It's, it's just the same kind of bets that you'd see going to Twitter. And so I was skeptical initially. And look, as a, as a pro sports better, you don't need more than a five-minute discussion with anyone to know if they know what they're talking about in sports betting, right? I honestly could probably look at your portfolio and tell you if you're a good sports better or not, just based on the, the profile of picks that you're making. So you can learn a lot based on the profile of someone's picks. And VSIN didn't have, you know, very promising picks just when I was first introduced to them. But who knows? Maybe that was a one-off. Maybe that was just what I happened to see. You know, I didn't want to just bury him right there because it was exciting to have a dedicated sports betting network. I thought that was very, very cool. But I was skeptical. Come to find out something very, very, very interesting this weekend. So I was having this discussion with this individual. And I was talking about VSIN and how I was kind of surprised that they did such a bad job 
but well, in my opinion, from actual winning sports better, but they got so much notoriety. They're all over the news. They're all over, you know, people seem to quote them. Their articles are on DraftKings. I'm going, why is this? And, and what was it earlier this week? Was it later last week? I forget when it was, but I was talking about how shocked I was that these VSIN articles are showing up on DraftKings. It's like, that doesn't make any sense. DraftKings wants to win. VSIN claims to have sports betting experts, but they're giving their picks on the actual platform that we make bets. That doesn't make sense. If they're good picks, why would DraftKings ever want them up there? Well, come to find out, and this is the crazy part. This is what I was so blown away by. DraftKings owns VSIN. When I heard that, I, I, I was blown away. I mean, what? Seriously, DraftKings owns VSIN. I couldn't believe it. That is fucking bananas. Okay, now let me explain to you just why this is so crazy to me. VSIN positions themselves, again, in my opinion, the way I see their business, they position themselves as sports betting experts, as a place you can go to get good, winnable sports betting information. They have lots of people that work for VSIN that advertise winning records, their winning proven models, all this different stuff. This is crazy to me. Okay, now the reason why this is so crazy and the reason why this is so backwards to me is that when you're in bed doing business with what should be your competitor, red flags should go up, okay? If you're getting prescribed medicine every time you go to the doctor, even when you're healthy, and it's always a prescription, always a prescription, always a prescription, and a couple years later, you find out your doctor works for the pharmaceutical companies, wouldn't you be kind of pissed? Right. The equivalent here is if you are an individual and I'm not right. So it's so I'm not upset for this reason. But if you are an individual who has consistently gone to VSIN for information, for picks, for advice, and you learn that DraftKings owns them, that is a direct conflict of interest. And I personally, if I were you, I wouldn't be too happy at all, at all. So it starts to make a lot more sense why you would see these who to bet on articles on DraftKings, right? If those were actual winning bets and true tangible winning information, there's not a chance in hell DraftKings would ever let those articles anywhere near their website. You see, having this discussion this weekend, I can't, I walked away with a couple theories as to what DraftKings is thinking because DraftKings shows their hand by doing this. DraftKings thinks clearly VSIN does not having winning information, right? If DraftKings thought VSIN had winning information, this acquisition, this partnership, I don't want to call it an acquisition, this partnership would have never, ever happened. I mean, for God's sakes, VSIN has their studio in the goddamn Circa Sportsbook in Las Vegas. <laughs> I mean, this is just so crazy the more you learn about this. And that's nuts. I, I used this example last week. Having the studio of VSIN in a sports book as popular as, as Circa is like having AA meetings, having Alcoholics Anonymous meetings at your local liquor store. This doesn't make 
any sense at all. You know, if I did my show from Circa Sportsbook, I would last about a month, if that, right? Because they'd hear these shows, they'd say, shit, this guy's giving away all the fucking secrets. This guy knows what he's doing. We can't have this. We're trying to make money. We're a business after all. We're trying to make money. You know, they, they, none of this adds up, you know? And so, well, actually, the fact that you learn, oh, DraftKings owns VSIN, now this does all add up. So here's my theory, okay? And I see this with my audience. I see this with the numbers. My theory, and I believe this is also DraftKings theory, they think that the public, you all, the public, they don't even, the public doesn't even listen to good information, right? So who cares if they're getting bad information from VSIN? Okay, the public, let me repeat that. The public doesn't even listen to good information. On this very podcast, Sports Betting Daily, I'm constantly saying don't bet parlays. I'm giving good advice, how to approach it, how to win, money management, have different outs. No one listens. I know this because I talk to a lot of you. I hear from a lot of you. A lot of my buddies listen to the show. You know how many friends I have that tune in, listen to the show? You know, I've been in sports betting for seven years now. They, they think it's cool to get some of the picks, right? You know how many of my friends that I know and talk to still make 10-team parlays? And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Like, don't you listen to the pod? Well, yeah, I listen, but you know, it's fun. I like to ride that ride. Have fun. It's like, what are you doing? What's fun about that? You know, I, I, that, but, but, but that's my theory is that I look at it in my show. People don't, a lot of you listen to my advice and then you go make your parlays, right? A lot of you hear what I say, but you don't act on it. Same thing with this, with VEASAN. So I think DraftKings is saying, yeah, VEASAN doesn't have good info, but even if they did, we don't trust the public enough to listen and act on that information because they see the numbers. They see the data. Recent reports suggest that at many public sports books, public being like FanDuel, DraftKings, right? At many public sports books where the average public better is betting, the numbers are as high as 70% of bets they accept are parlays. Seven out of 10 bets. I was blown away. I mean, I can't believe some of these numbers. Of course, no one listens to good advice. If anyone was listening to anybody, no one, there would be far fewer parlays made. And you see it in the numbers. The, the household in many states is like 20, 25%. I mean, think about that. The household should be less than 5%. If we were all, it doesn't matter how bad a sports better you are. If my dog is picking games, her expected household for all of her games is about 5%. She, my dog, is going to lose about $5 for every $100 she bets if she makes parlays. Folks, this isn't that hard. Make singles. I don't understand why so many people look at this proposition of betting 10 to win 100, 500, 1,000, whatever it is, as this fun thing. I often hear it described from listeners, from, from a lot of you who listen to the show, from my friends who bet. I often hear it described as fun, right? Making a five-team parlay, 10-team parlay as fun. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, the rush is fun? And if that's the case, go to the goddamn casino. Like, isn't winning money more fun? I seriously don't get that mindset at all. It's, it's some of the smartest people I know 
turn into complete morons when they get in front of a sports betting app. I don't understand it. Now, let's talk about actual numbers here, okay? Because the household for a single bet, you just go up and make one individual bet, the household is 4.8%. So what that means, another way to think about that is for every $100 you bet in sports betting, every $100 you bet on a single game, you can expect to get back about $95.20, Okay, that's a good way to think about it. The expected value, every hundred you bet in sports on a single, you can you're you're expected to get back long term about $95.20, right? Well, let's compare that to other parlays. If you just add one team and you make it a two-team parlay, instead of $95 getting back your expectation, you're now gonna get back 90 for every two-team parlay you make. So that may not seem like a huge adjustment, but that's twice as bad, right? You're gonna lose double every bet you make, or at least twice as much, aka twice as fast. Now let's jump down to a four-team parlay, because this is where it gets really interesting, okay? If you make a four-team parlay, that expectation for money you'd get back drops to $68.75. A six-team parlay is $64, and an eight-team parlay is $58, and it just keeps going up from there. So what's the takeaway here, okay? What, what, What can we learn from those numbers? The more teams you add into parlay, your odds of winning that parlay and your odds of the long-term success you're going to have as a sports better diminish greatly with every team you add to that parlay. Okay? A two-team parlay, you're expected to get 90 bucks back. That's not horrible. Okay? But you compare that to a single bet where you're expecting to get 95 back, it's not great. But if you just add a few more teams and you make a four-team parlay, and you're expected to get back $68 for every 100 you bet, and you compare that to a single where you're expected to get back $95 for every 100 you bet, what seems fun about that? What to you, once you talk it through, seems fun at all about that? At the end of the day, when people say they make long shot parlays for entertainment or because it's fun, They're simply conveying how much they love gambling. And look, there's nothing wrong with that. I go to Las Vegas like two or three times a year. I'm the last person who's ever going to turn their nose up at someone who likes to sit down at the roulette table. Okay, but that's exactly what's going on here. The math is simple. The math is clear cut. If you just bet a four team parlay consistently. Okay, I know a lot of you out there betting five, six, ten teamers, whatever. If you just consistently bet four team parlays, you will lose money six times faster than you would if you sat down at a roulette table and bet red 23. Think about that. It's worse by 600% than betting a roulette number. I'm not talking about red or black. I'm not talking about even or odd. I'm talking about hitting a roulette number where there's 38 of them and you pick one. You have a 600, you're going to lose money 600 times faster betting a 14 parlay than betting a roulette number. You're going to lose money 30 times faster than betting blackjack. Think about that. You, if you just sit down at a blackjack table, you, your odds of winning are 30 times greater, 3,000% greater than if you made a four-team parlay. Now, I just use those as examples, okay? Because blackjack and roulette spins, they go a lot faster than one game. But this puts in, into perspective how good or bad these bets are. And by the way, just because you have to wait three hours doesn't make the bet you made any better or worse. It's the same odds. So if you want to gamble, go to the casino. If you want to burn your money making four team parlays, 
That's up to you. You know what I would actually do? I would literally burn your money. I would take the money you're going to make on a 14 parlay and videotape it, right? Record it, put it on YouTube, and you'll get like a, a million hits. You'll actually make some money that way. <laughs> That's what I would recommend. If you're going to make a 14 or just actually burn that money and put it on YouTube, it's going to be a lot better for you in the long run. Seriously. So here's my recommendation. Let's not just trash on all this. Let's not just, you know, we will bring it back to VSIN, okay? But my recommendation here is, and this is going to sound a little bit backwards, okay? But I know a lot of you out there have been making parlays and living this bad way of betting, okay? So here's what I recommend, seriously. I recommend that you actually increase your bet size, okay? Increase your bet amount. And this is only, again, if you're moving from making primarily parlays to making primarily singles. And the reason I say this is actually makes sense, okay? Because Normally, my advice to everyone out there is bet fewer games and bet less money. That's what I say to everyone. But this actually makes sense, betting singles, because let me give you an example of why increasing your bet amount makes sense. Let's say you make these 14 parlays. Let's say you make a couple 14 parlays every week for 20 bucks, okay? Let's say you spend like 60 a week on three 14 parlays. They're going to spend uh, 20 bucks on each, okay? Well, you make your 14 parlays for 20 bucks. Let's say it's 20 to win about 200. You could raise your bet amount from 20 to about 100 bucks. And the math would be very similar for your loss rate. That's my point here. I'm not saying if you bet 20, you should go to 100. I'm saying if you're used to making $20 14 parlays and you switch to making $100 singles, you're actually losing at a very similar rate. So that's the difference there. That's, that's a, an equivalent, right? Is how fast, that's what it comes down to for winning money. Winning money isn't all about winning money. It's about cutting off your losses. So cutting off how fast you're losing money is very important. So that's why this matters, right? So that's just kind of the equivalency thing, right? You could, if you're used to, because a lot of you, you may think, well, if I bet $20 parlays, how much am I supposed to raise my bet while being comfortable? And I'm not advising you raise to 100. I'm saying that's about the same loss rate you would have had before making $20 parlays. So what I would recommend, okay, if you do bet $20 14 parlays, just kind of following this example, raise your bet to 50 bucks. Start betting singles for $50 and only bet a handful a weekend, okay? But I think you're going to have a lot more fun betting singles. I think you're going to win a lot more money betting singles. And it's going to improve your overall sports betting experience. You know, I will say this, making singles actually is fun. It's fun because it's easy to track. You know, I have one game. If this team covers, I win. If this team doesn't cover, I lose. Honestly, I think a lot of you will grow to love it because it's so goddamn confusing with 10 teams and this team and oh, they won, but what about them? Hey, they won. It makes it fun in my opinion. And you're going to get used to this. It makes it fun though and easier to track when you have singles. And this whole thing may seem backwards, but it's not. If you're making a three-team parlay, that's a 12.5% house edge. If you're making a single, you're whittling that down to about 4.5%. It makes sense, okay? So back to VSIN. I know we got off on a little thing about making good and bad bets, but the reason why I got off on that was I believe that that's what DraftKings theory is. DraftKings goes, hey, it doesn't matter what VSIN says, whether it's good or bad, no one's listening. Everyone's making these dumbass parlays anyway. Who cares? But on the other side, if I was getting my information from VSIN, I wouldn't be too happy about learning <laughs> that DraftKings owns them. Like I said earlier, how would you feel if you were unfairly, if you were constantly prescribed 
drugs from a from your doctor and a few years later you learn he works for the pharmaceutical company like how would you feel right that's how i felt for a lot of you who go to vsin for information when i read their bio when i read their about us it's crazy it is bonkers to me that vsin claims to be sports betting experts yet they are owned by a sports book Whew, crazy stuff there hope you enjoyed today's show um tune in tomorrow i'm gonna have some picks come up later on this week and let me know what you thought about this right you can you can find us on twitter at sbd underscore pod i'm hardly on twitter hardly on face or you know uh, social media at all but you can reach out if you have thoughts about today's show other questions that's where you can reach us but uh, either way good luck whatever you have going on today or tonight up to catch some winners we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on sports betting daily